Hard work, smarts, uh, day in and day out of, of doing sending over again and making even good decisions and having good luck mm-hmm. is not enough to build wealth. The only way you can achieve that is by ownership and equity. and welcome to the first episode of Practical Empowerment, inspiring conversations with Valley leaders brought to you by After5.io. I'm your host, Presley Hirsch. With each episode, we'll be bringing you thought leaders and community changers throughout the greater Phoenix area. And while geographically we may all be fairly close, the conversations, takeaways, and principles of leadership expand far beyond the heart of Arizona. Our goal with this podcast is to provide you with tangible tips to feel empowered as a freelancer, business owner, or employee, as well as in your personal life through taking total ownership and autonomy over the life that you want to lead. But you don't have to take my word for it, because in this episode, I sat down with the founder of After5.io, Florin Elier. With a wealth of experience in web development, hands-on problem solving, and working closely with a variety of teams, Florin knew there was an area of opportunity to build something that he truly believes in. Born in July of 2016, After5.io is a place where interests align in a context of known and consistent values and a platform where people can help each other pursue and achieve their dreams. Professionals who have a need for independence, control, and opportunities are connected with small businesses who need access to qualified talent. Simply put, Florin empowers people to solve problems with technology and actively builds relationships that inspire. Florin, thanks for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited to talk to you, Presley. So tell me about why you started After 5IO. Get rich. Why else? <laughs> why else would we start a business? Right? Um, but uh, in all uh, seriousness, a, part, a big part of why we start any business is to generate revenue and to provide for our families, to um, um, pay our bills. And uh, ultimately, for many people, it's a dream to um, build wealth. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... I think these days uh, there is more to creating and building a business uh, more than uh, the financial rewards that come with it. And um, one of the big drives for, for a lot of people, and including me, is um, you know s- something that, that gives you passion, mm-hmm. that, that makes you do what you do um, for the joy that you get out of it. Yeah. itself, right? So yeah. uh, at that point, money and the financial rewards are sort of a bonus, a plus, but they are definitely a big incentive uh, to, you know, put the work and uh, yeah. the effort and uh, uh, put up with the times where you don't quite feel, you know, uh, to do it, mm-hmm. or you don't quite feel um, it's uh, paying off as much as you would like, both in terms of, uh, of financial rewards, but also in terms of what you expect from other people, right? Because yeah. not everybody's going to like what you do or resonate with what you do or really care about what you do. And, and so um, that, 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 that those two components of, of what drives us uh, are, I think, are key to why anybody would start a business. Um, and, you know, for me, it's it's both financially, but also, um, you know, as far as uh, as uh, inner drive. Uh, yeah. Why do I do what I do? 
Right. Which I feel like that has to be a huge part of it because in my opinion, there's much easier way, much easier ways to make money and better get rich quick schemes than building a business, which takes so much work and time and thought. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, I, I give credit to people that can use the get rich quick schemes to make, you know, a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they do it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. all, all I know is that uh, uh, for me, uh, long-term investment and uh, grinding it, just just uh, putting uh, work and, and real hours and real days and real years, Yeah. Um, that's the only way I know how to do it. So uh, sure. that's how I'm doing it. What makes your company different than other companies in the space? I would say... Um, you know, I, I think a lot of businesses start with um, um, with a personal story, mm-hmm. and uh, so we did mine. Um, and for me, you know, I immigrated to the United States in, uh, to, in uh, 1999, 20 years now. That's Ooh. crazy. <laughs> so uh, at that time, I uh, moved to the United States uh, with... Um, $1,200 in my pocket and uh, $3,000 in debt to my parents. Wow. That was their entire life savings. Um, I originally come from Romania, not very uh, uh, wealthy country or, or a lot of opportunities there at that time at least. Uh, so 10 years later, um, I reached the top 1% worldwide of, of both by income and, and, and net worth. And how I got there, uh, it's kind of amazing. I did not ever plan or expect or anticipate to get there and to accomplish that. But somehow, day by day, year by year, things, one thing led to another, uh, part good decisions, part hard work, mm-hmm. uh, part um, partnering with people that um, contributed to that su- success. And, um, but it's not all, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and this is why uh, I, I'm, I'm talking about uh, like after five and why this is different. Yeah. Because a big realization for me after, after that was that hard work, smart, uh, day in and day out of, of doing the same thing over again and making even good decisions and having good luck mm-hmm. is not enough to build wealth. The only way you can achieve that is by ownership and equity. Mm. So the equity and ownership is overlooked by most people. And the that's... Um, you know, um, people are most familiar with the equity in the house and you build it over time, right? Yeah. Uh, so is in a business. Uh, so when we, when we um, uh, grow our, our careers, our professions, you know, we go through school, we graduate, we get a job, uh, we learn, you know, on the job. And mm-hmm. then uh, uh, we, we uh, exchange that skill, that time, that effort uh, for, for money. And uh, it's, uh, it's just how it is. It's how you learn. That's how you uh, grow uh, professionally. Um, after a while, though, you realize that your income ability 
and um, your wealth bil- building, um, I-, I guess, opportunities are limited to a market value. Right. You are going to always only make as much money as the market you are in would allow, would dictate. Sure. So, um, so for me, that realization that it wasn't just my uh, hard work, smarts, and everything else that I've done, but uh, the, the, the probably nothing would have happened if I didn't own mm-hmm. that business. All right. That allowed me to reap the rewards of incremental um, uh, equity that's being built and goodwill. So the, the two things that make a business va- valuable is, is equity and goodwill. Well, goodwill is really the key to everything else because yeah. um, I would define the goodwill as, um, uh, uh, as the value that people perceive in a business. Like, you know, do they, why do they use it? Why do they work there? Sure. You know, so that's all goodwill. And, and then, uh, you know, having equity in, in that allows you to build over time uh, value that you retain. Sure. So after five uh, came for me from that realization is, hey, how are people supposed to build wealth and do something they are really passionate about it, they have control over, um, if they, you know, spend their entire life as, as, as employees, right? Right. And, and so for me it was... Uh, hey, can I help other people, um, you know, transition in some way uh, from a life or mindset of, uh, of uh, paying bills uh, to that of uh, building wealth? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, look, I, 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 I appreciated that, that I could experience that. I was like, you know, I think this is in itself it's it's rewarding to me, yeah. you know, regardless of how much money I make or I may I may make or I may not make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in is itself, uh, I, for me, was uh, rewarding enough to pursue it. Yeah. Uh, so that's um, sort of the story of After Five and why it started. Um, it sort of clicked for me one day uh, when I watched a um, very famous uh, uh, video uh, by uh, Simon Sinek yeah. in 2017 uh, called "Start with Why." Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it's a great TED talk. Yeah, right. So good. It's I think it's the number one ever it's watched up there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for me, it's like, why do I do what I do? Yeah. Right? So I, I spent time, uh, uh, and and that was my realization. That's really cool. And, and that's where After Five comes from. Yeah. So how do you treat the people that are involved in After Five different than employees? Mm-hmm. For one, we don't have employees. Uh, we don't have employees not only because at this stage we can't quite afford them, <laughs> right? Fair. Um, <laughs> it's good to be honest. But, but also because um, I – you know, I talk to I talk to uh, a lot of people when 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 I, I'm recruiting, and uh, um, I I I don't want to employ them because I want to find ways to uh, help them in their journey to um, own what they do and treat me as a client. Yeah, that is uh, I think a key ingredient in the transition uh, to, to look at um, people that compensate us in some way, uh, including our employer, 
as as clients because uh, we at that moment we take ownership of that relationship mm-hmm. and when we we take ownership um is what can i do with this I, i'm in charge i can i i stop blaming someone else for its outcomes yeah you know I, if i have a client the client he can walk away he can not like what i do it doesn't matter what i think or what i say mm-hmm. uh so that's that's uh, to me it's empowering uh, and so i want to um attract and work with people that are at the stage in their life where that is important to them yeah that's such an interesting distinction to treat your boss or your employer as your client mm-hmm. that's really a, i'm sure that that's like a big light bulb moment for a lot of people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, to kind of transition, how do you decide if a client's not a good fit? So you could see this as an employer mm-hmm. or a client that you're serving, you know, in, in a different capacity. But have you had personal experiences or professional experiences or just kind of as your advice, mm-hmm. how does someone decide, you know, this just this relationship just isn't working? Mm-hmm. You know, is it you work with every everybody that's willing to give you money in your business? Or mm-hmm. how do you kind of view that, uh, mm-hmm. na- navigate that challenge. Right. Uh, business is about transacting value. Mm-hmm. And value is not always monetary. Working with people, it's a, a lot of times, it's quite rewarding uh, to, the, to the degree that uh, people can forego uh, certain compensation levels. Sure. Or uh, people work for free sometimes just because they like uh, working with uh, that group or, or because of its mission or what's, whatever that reason might be. Uh, so transactive value is not always monetary. And, and, and for us, uh, I mean, for me personally, I feel I've been, even though my um, core strength is not customer service, uh, is not uh, business development, um, I'm more on the technology side, um, I... Uh, I look at um, uh, at the dynamic that that takes place uh, between client and and, and uh, uh, a customer and and us as uh, in many ways uh, just a relationship between two people mm-hmm. in the context of transacting value. And uh, I have I have not been in the in the position to fire a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I would have to say this, that the, the, the two reasons why I would say that maybe uh, anyone would contemplate that is um, um, verbal abuse, sure. uh, toxic relationship, um, bullying. Right. Um, those are real. They happen all the time. And uh, that has to do with them, mm-hmm. but even more so has to do with us. And has to do with us because we are in control of the boundaries that we create. If we um, have loose boundaries, if we don't enforce them, mm-hmm. um, we are likely to allow that behavior uh, to reach a point where we are contemplating right. of whether we want to continue to work with a client or with somebody or not. And so uh, for me, is rather than firing the client, I would uh, enforce the boundaries. I would clarify the boundaries in a, in a, in a, in a respectful, polite way and sure. professional way. Uh, but that will put the ball into the client's court. Sure. 
right? Uh, if they decide they con- want to continue to do that, it's not going to uh, go for much longer, but but they are in a position to adjust and change. Yeah, that's such a good point that it's a relationship that's exchanging value because then if you were to compare that to personal relationships mm-hmm. or professional relationships with coworkers, you also wouldn't, in theory, allow them right. to bully you or, or treat you with disrespect. Right. So why would a customer, you know, right. client relationship be different? Uh, what are your thoughts on the phrase or the adage that c- the customer is always right? Uh, he's always right. <laughs> um, there is a merit to that, right? I don't fully subscribe to it. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of merit um, because they have a point. Uh, no matter what, whether it's a complaint uh, or with a request, or they may ask for the sky or they may just uh, be rude to us. Um it, there is a there is a core to that um, behavior or or that request, and so uh, we have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, part of my philosophy in 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 life and in in, in business is to serve people, yeah. and, and part of that service is uh, uh, is listening with with empathy with with curiosity mm-hmm. um, and um, compassion. Uh, and understand where do they come from and why do they want that and do our best to provide that for them. Yeah. Um, so having said that, uh, customers or, or people, uh, you know, me include everybody, we are customers to somebody. Uh, we sometimes we think what we want, but we, it's not really what we really want. So I'll give you an example. Um, Henry Ford Ford has a famous phrase. If I asked my customers what they want, they would say a faster horse. Mm. Right? So people know they have a problem. The problem is the speed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right? But they, they don't quite know the variety of solutions that might be available to them. Sure. And uh, asking for a, har- a faster horse is definitely a solution, but is in within their view and vision right. and imagination. Right. Uh, Henry Ford gave them a car. Right. Right. They didn't <laughs> ask for a car, okay. <laughs> yeah. and it worked pretty well. Right. Yeah. So, um, likewise, I, I think we have to look at uh, part of serving customers is not always giving them what they want, but possibly giving them more than what they want. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the easiest way to sell somebody is to give them exactly what they want. Mm. Right. But not that's not always in the best interest of. Of that client, right? Uh, and and sometimes we take the risk of trying to paint paint a different um, picture mm-hmm. uh, and and communicate something that they may or may not understand, depending on our ability to communicate to them, their sure. ability to understand that, uh, and it may or may not work. But we do ru- lo- risk losing their business mm-hmm. just because we didn't give them exactly what they wanted when they wanted it. Right. right. But had they gone somewhere and found a faster horse, you know, then when the car comes out, they'll be like, no, wait, I wanted that, you <laughs> right. know? Yes. So yes. that's a that's a good point. And what a good, what a good quote. I know I'm bouncing back and forth between employer and, uh, you know, client and customer, but you made a, a really good point about empathy. Mm-hmm. So where does empathy play a role in the workplace as far as 
between a em- employer and their employees, or in your case, you know, with freelancers and mm-hmm. and somebody that they're reporting to, how does empathy play a role there, and, and especially as a leader? Mm-hmm. I think empathy allows us to navigate uh, relationships. Mm. It's um, that ability we have to understand how someone else feels. Uh, how we feel um, dictates a lot of how we act, uh, what decisions we make. Uh, uh, our emotions are in huge bias mm-hmm. in our life. And so understanding how people feel, I think, is essential to serving them. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes, uh, like, again, like people may ask for something, mm-hmm. but not be what they really want. Yeah. And now empathy allows you to feel and understand maybe beyond of what they are saying. Right. Uh, and, and have a chance of understanding what they really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so that, I think that's the role of empathy in, in, uh, in relationships uh, in general, whether business or personal lives. Yeah, and that's such a great point. And I think, you know, you said that and I started thinking about relationships with people that I've worked with, you know, on a team or with a uh, a boss or mm-hmm. a, someone in leadership. And you think about or even, you know, like at the grocery store when somebody's having a bad day, you mm-hmm. know, or or I guess I should say it seems like they're having a bad day. Right. And empathy is maybe you've had a hard day rather right. than what a jerk, right. you know. Right. And what if you did that with your team or your leader instead of just assuming that you know how they feel, what if you did try to step into their shoes and say, yeah. you know, maybe maybe this is going on or, or creating that conversation. Yeah. That's such a great point. Um, how does empathy differ from sympathy mm-hmm. for somebody that maybe doesn't know the difference? I would say sympathy is uh, the ability to feel someone's distress mm-hmm. without uh, necessarily understanding mm. what they feel. And I, I think that is um, a stepping stone to empathy, yeah. Um, uh, we 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 can't always understand what people feel. Sure, I, I we can uh, try to do that by um, maybe recalling an experience that's somewhat similar to their experience. Yeah, uh, but for that you have to understand context. Mm-hmm. You know what else is happening in their life. And uh, so there are so many factors that contribute to uh, how someone feels and what yeah. do they feel. Just saying that some we understand how someone feels, it's, it's a long shot. Right. Right. So uh, in, in many cases, uh, we, we really don't. But what we think we do, um, but the, uh, the best we can do is have sympathy, mm-hmm. um, meaning I know they are not feeling that great today. Um, they're going through something hard in their lives or stressful. Uh, I, I can't quite tell how they feel, but I, f- I, I feel bad for that. Sure, sure. Yeah, not being able to necessarily relate on a much more granular mm-hmm. level, but but being uh, sympathetic right. <laughs> to, right. their, to their situation. Uh, you mentioned earlier that a big reason that you wanted to start After Five was helping people feel empowered, you know, not, that you don't necessarily want to employ them because mm-hmm. um, it does give them a sort of agency. Mm-hmm. How does that change somebody's life in and out of the workplace to have that level of autonomy and control mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. their career? Mm-hmm. Well, I think our lives are governed by um, by mindset. And I would say in large part um, – 
by, by, by the stories that we tell in our heads about ourselves mm-hmm. and the world. Um, and and, and uh, that tape that keeps playing in our heads defines what happens in our lives for the most part. We can control everything, but there is a lot we can. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and not only uh, control, I, I think it's um, putting a weight or, or um, allowing things to happen in your life, right? Uh, uh, there is more opportunities oftentimes that we see. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think uh, changing a little bit the perspective, the, the mindset, um, it's, it's, it's essential to to feel more empowered in any aspect of life. Uh, yeah. I think the way we, um, you know, our, the way our lives uh, evolved in, in our professional lives, they, they very much, you know, uh, uh, have a huge impact on our personal lives sure. as well. Um, so I, I think there, there is a definite, uh, definite impact on the personal lives. Yeah. What is something that somebody could do today to feel more empowered, like they have more agency, like they have more control, especially if they're in a position where they aren't in a position necessarily of leadership or seen uh-huh. as a leader or they are working for somebody else. Uh-huh. Uh, what is something that they could do today on a very like practical level to take a step in that direction? Yeah. Well, so I think this is practical. I think uh, looking at somebody through the um, eyes, uh, uh, you know, seeing them as clients mm-hmm. and looking through the eyes of a, uh, a business owner um, I think that is a practical step, in my opinion, uh, because it starts th- that starts everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, at that point, we start making decisions that shape our future in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that's the single most important thing that you can do yeah. is uh, start looking at those relationships different. Uh, take ownership of them and um, uh, influence them in, in a way that um, you know um, uh, nurtures growth. Mm-hmm. And um, and you you rather than thinking of what you want, what you can get, uh, think what do they want? Yeah. Uh, looking at your employer, what do they want? Why do they hire me? They didn't hire me for you know because they like me. <laughs> right. I mean, that is, an I think it's a value. Exactly. Yeah. That is, uh, I think, uh, part of it. Sure. Uh, you hope they like you. Right. Uh, but I, I, I would say it's because you bring value to that business. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are selling the value you create. Yeah. Uh, that goodwill, that, um, you know, equity that, that you create with your yeah. work and your talents, your skills. Um, you, you sell it. What do they want? What else do they want? Uh, you know, how can you uh, create and deliver more value? Yeah. Uh, and then once you put that cap of, uh, you know, of a, a business or a client kind of uh, ex- experience, mm-hmm. um, uh, role play, maybe, <laughs> uh, once you've done that, go a step further and add another client. Yeah. That's investing growth, diversify. Um, And uh, that is empowering to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that is uh, a way, you know, and and employers, I think those that understand the value of um, 
people who are in power, um, they would love that and they would like that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, businesses that look at their employees or team members or their organization as um, human assets are not in a position to be as successful as an organization that looks at you know the, the people that they work with as, yeah. as, as partners, as equals, that cheers them up in their uh personal and life's journey uh, of growth. Uh, and part of that growth is going through different f- stages, different phases. Uh, and having people that move through those phases and have the courage and the passion, and uh, you want those people in your organization. Yeah. You know, the label you have or uh, whether you have a W-2 or 1099, mm-hmm. that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is relevant is the value that that it's exchanged in that dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and speaking of uh, practical ways to feel empowered, what is your hope for this podcast? I would hope um, that allows um, people to uh, speak more on this subject. Uh, I want it to be a forum where uh, people that have stories to tell um, on this topic would inspire and uh, motivate others or uh, would allow them to say, hey, this is how they've done it. This is how they are looking at life, at work, at profession or passion or whatever they are doing or the challenges, the fears they have. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lack of everything we have because we, we lack so many things and, and but still we leverage our strengths. So how did how they have done it? Uh, so I hope that uh, it becomes a forum where people can share their experiences and others can uh, be inspired by them. Absolutely. Well, I think we're off to a good start. Well, I hope so too. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. This was great. Wonderful. Thank you, Presley. Hey there, just a couple quick things before you go. First, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode, and we really hope that you enjoyed it. If you are listening in iTunes, please take just a moment and leave a review. Let us know what your takeaways were and what you would like to see more of. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And until next time, thank you for listening, and may you feel empowered today and every day to step into leadership and the life that you have been dreaming of. This has been Practical Empowerment, inspiring conversations with Valley leaders brought to you by After5.io.